God, God just has blessed us, and that's what I kind of want to look at this morning is, is I think back to this past week. I think our average was, with just kids, was 50, 52 or so, and um, so that's amazing. And then you add everybody, and there was how many? 43 volunteers. We tried to keep it to the right ratio, 1.3 children per adult, and um, so... Um, it was tough, but uh, we appreciate that. Um, we, had a, we had a good week. We really did. And as I think about that, with such a great week comes a lot of responsibility. Why, why has God blessed this church? Why in the world would God out here, you got to know where you're going to find us most of the time. Some people we found out this week just stumble up, <laughs> and um, that's okay too, but you got to be looking. You almost have to know somebody. And so believe it or not, a lot of you that have been here for a lot of years, you have become missionaries. You have reached out around you, and you have seen to it that people have been brought into the house of God, and you have witnessed, and we have seen people that you've brought here uh, saved and then following Christ in baptism. And it's amazing when we think about all that God has done here at Pine Island. So when we began to pray and ask God what's next, what if we don't like what's next? Believe it or not, you don't always like what God tells you to do. Anybody ever found that out? What God tells you to do is not always the thing you were hoping for or desiring, but trust me, whatever God tells you to do is always the best, and it's the right thing. We are really seeking God as to who we need to bring here who needs to be in as as helping with our youth and helping with the church and we're, we're asking the questions there and and what if it's not who we think we sh- you know what we're looking for what if God has somebody else in mind what if God says to us hey I want you to go and adopt a school locally we did that one time here a few years ago and I think it's time again for us to begin to look at how does God want to use us how is How does God want to stretch us beyond what we're comfortable with? Somebody this week came into my office and basically said this, God is getting me out of my comfort zone. Praise God. Because that's growth. That means that God has begun to challenge you and do things that that will amaze you because they're going to be beyond your abilities. And when God shows up in your life and he does things, You can't help but be amazed. But if you do everything in your own strength and in your own power and do what you are comfortable doing, guess what? You will spend a lifetime of mediocrity. I don't know about you, but, man, I I want God to use me in ways I never dreamed of. Believe me, in a pulpit, that that is stretching things in my life. I can stand in front of a crowd That doesn't bother me, but what scares me every single time I get in the pulpit is I have to prepare and bring the word of God to hurting people. What is God calling you to do? Last week, we talked about the fact that a lot of us have ran from God. We have ran. We have have desired to be away from what God called us to do, and And so today we're going to really look at what the real issue is. So let's stand together. We're going to read from Jonah chapter 1, verses 15 
through 17. Now remember, Jonah has ran. He's in a boat headed away from where God called him to go, which was where? Where did God tell him to go? Nineveh. But he's headed to Tarshish. So he's in a boat headed that way. The, the, the boat is about to be sunk. Everything is horrible. They have done everything they can to figure out who's at fault. Finally, Jonah says, listen, just hurl me overboard. If you'll toss me out, everything will be okay. So we find here in verse 15, so they picked up Jonah and hurled him into the sea, and the sea stopped its raging. Then the men became extremely afraid of the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. And the Lord designated a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the stomach of the fish for three days and three nights. Father, we ask that we would understand the real issue here this morning. God, that we could recognize as a church ourselves in Jonah. But we can also realize that, God, you provide a way to bring us back to where we need to be. Father, we thank you for this. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. So what was the real issue with Jonah? Jonah knew that he had heard from God. There was not a question. God's word had come to him. He knew where he was supposed to go. He knew exactly what God had called him to do. But Jonah had a real issue. Jonah has the same issue that you and I today have, and that issue is disobedience. Knowing what is right and doing it, Sometimes it's not what we want to do, so we just simply disobey. We, we know that God has called us to, to be faithful to our spouse. God has called us to be faithful to our children. God has called us to be faithful to our church. God has called us to be faithful to him. And yet there are times that we're tired and we decide, you know what, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. And so disobedience plays a part. And when it does, we, we see things start to fall apart. When we actively uh, strike out in disobedience and we actively involve ourselves in turning our back on the will of God, what we are actually doing is disrupting everything that God had planned for you and I simply because we don't want to do it. It's too hard. It, it, it's too much. There's a lot of people I have watched as a pastor. Denton will tell you he watched it as a pastor in the churches that he pastored. And he will tell you that you see people who simply live a life of mediocrity. And that mediocrity leads them to being unhappy. They're the people in church that you can never make happy. They're always going to find something wrong with something that happened at church. Why? Because they have never been stretched. As a matter of fact, if you, if you start to stretch them as a pastor, they're the ones who will come to you and say, this is dumb, this is stupid, why are we doing this? God has called us to go beyond. God has called us to be faithful. God has called us to be people who say, Lord, wherever you call me, I will go. But then on the way, God begins to stretch us and change us. I remember the first Sunday as a pastor, I was scared to death, but I was, I'm going to tell you what, she was scared. Two reasons she was scared. One, she didn't know exactly what to expect, and two, she knew who her husband was. I mean, y'all can laugh all you want to, but I'm telling you, it's just the truth. There was a lot of fear that was within my wife. It was, it was just, it was all over her because what do I do? Whose hand do I shake? Do I hug people? What do we say to folks? And, 
And, and, and you start there, and then God begins to stretch you. And the next thing you know, you're doing things you never dreamed of. You're doing things that you never thought of. God puts you in a place to succeed, but only when it's his will and you're doing his call. Jonah knew the will of God. He knew the call of God, but he didn't want any part of it. A lot of us are this way. A lot of us, we've never been willing to be stretched. We've never been willing to be uh, out of our comfort zone. And, and we've never wanted to do things that we didn't want to do. We've never wanted to help people that we didn't want to help because of their color of their skin or because of their background or because they were legal or illegal. We, we just look at them and we go, we don't want any part of you. And God says, I didn't ask you to look at their skin color. I didn't ask you to ask them if they have a card. I didn't ask you anything. I just told you to love on those people. And to be who God has called you to be. And I have watched church after church, especially where I'm from over in East Texas. I have watched church after church say to God, I will love anybody as long as they're this race. As long as they're actual citizens. As long as they listen to the same music I listen to. Watch the same stuff I watch. Do the same things I do. And so our churches are divided based upon the fact that we're disobedient people. Y'all recognize that in churches today? There are people that when you walk in the door, you'll recognize a church who will receive you and love you. You'll recognize a church where you will fit in and be a part. But the, the real church is the one that anybody can walk in and feel at home, no matter where they're from. And that's the church that God is calling us to be. Folks, I don't know if you've paid attention or not. But the areas around us are changing. Everything around us is changing. Have y'all noticed that? Life is changing. Everything. And God is getting ready to stretch Pine Island. I'm not sure where God's going to lead us or take us. But I'm telling you that we are sitting here ready for something great to happen. Or we're ready for something horrible to take place. But I'm telling you as your pastor, that is where we're at. We're at a place where God is fixing to stretch Pine Island in ways we never dreamed or imagined. Or we're going to implode from the inside because we're going to say, no, Lord, I don't want to follow your will. God, that doesn't fit who I am. God, those type of people will not work here. Jonah knew. Listen to what he did. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry out against it because their wickedness has come up before me. God recognized what had happened. He knew what had taken place. And he says, here's what I want you to do. The problem here is that Jonah looked at these people and said, they're horrible. And he made a spiritual decision for God. He made a spiritual decision and he said, God, maybe you don't recognize how sorry these people are. I'm going to save you the problem of going and saving those folks. I'm not going. They just don't fit the criteria for good people. My friend, there's not a good person in this room who doesn't have Christ in them. And even then, we can be pretty sorry, right? I know nothing that doesn't fit everybody in here. I know some of you are very good people in your own mind. And um, <clears throat> I get all that. God has called him to go, and Jonah's response, I mean, what, what, was, what, what did Jonah have? What was it that Jonah was struggling with? What is it that Jonah was like, you know what, 
God, these people are just not right. So Jonah rose up to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Not only, listen, not only is he fleeing from the people, but what does it say? He's Lord. God, not only do I not want to deal with these people, but I, I don't even want to hear from you right now. You know why? Because Jonah knew that he was wrong. How many of you will admit that whenever you know you're wrong, the last place you want to go is to the Lord? But by the way, where's the first place we ought to go? To the Lord. Disobedience affects everything and everybody in our life, and it drives us away from God. His disobedience is like, man, I'm going to Tarshish just to get away from you, God. What he was saying was, Lord, I'm going to run as far as I can. I don't want to hear this any longer. I don't want to be burdened with this anymore. I just want to get away and not be bothered. There are people who have left this church simply because things were changing. They did not like the changes. They didn't like the way that things were. And so for those of you that have been here from day one with us, what a blessing it's been. What a blessing. We have seen the changes. We have seen the things take place. We have watched the congregation grow. We have seen the baptistry used. We have watched God do amazing things. But now it's time for more amazing things. So what I need you to do, I need you to start praying. I need you to start praying and asking God, Lord, what is next for Pine Island? God, what is next for me as a member of Pine Island? You see, because the church, as the church changes... The people of God also will change. As God stretches the body, each individual will be stretched as well. And God will begin to call us to do things that we weren't really wanting to do. We find excuses not to do what we're qualified to do. We find excuses not to do the things that we know we can do simply because we don't want to do them. Anybody else guilty of that, by the way? This is disobedience. Think about it. Why was Samuel disqualified as king? It's really not as difficult as we think. We find it in 1 Samuel chapter 13, verses 8 through 14. It's disobedience. Now, he waited for seven days until the appointed time that Samuel had set. I said Samuel disqualified. It should be Saul. That was my fault. I can correct myself. See, I'm pretty good. All right. Now, Saul the king is waiting. And it says now, until the appointed time that Samuel had set, but Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and the people were scattering from, from him. So Saul said, bring me the burnt offering and the peace offerings. And he offered the burnt offering, but as soon as he finished offering the burnt offering, behold, Samuel came. And Saul went out to meet him and greet him. But Samuel said, what have you done? And Saul said, since I saw that the people were scattering from me and that you did not come at the appointed time and the Philistines were assembling at Michmash, I thought, now the Philistines will come down against me at Gilgal, and I have not asked the favor of the Lord. So I worked up the courage and offered the burnt offering. But Samuel said to Saul, you have acted foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. For the Lord would now have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom shall not endure. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart. And the Lord has appointed him a ruler over his people because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. Folks, if you don't think disobedience will not ruin your life, look at the examples that are set for us in Scripture. Something as simple as a burnt offering 
Saul was not the man for the job. Samuel was set there. He was set up to do this, and he had told him, I will be there. And if you notice, when he didn't come at the appointed time, whose appointed time? Apparently Saul's, because as soon as he was done, what happened? Samuel shows up. Well, they were leaving me. They were going away from me. doesn't matter. You and I are to do what God has called us to do, not anything more, not anything less. Did you catch that part? Y'all ever find yourself, I'll admit as a pastor, I'm thankful that I was gone the week that they decorated. (laughs) Y'all can laugh, but you don't understand. I am thankful that I was gone because had I been here, I'd have messed everything up. Do you know how good it felt to be gone and not worry about what was happening at church? Because I knew that the people that were there, God had put there to do this. And it was so nice to not have my hand in it. And they were probably thankful for that as well. Amen. Mike, you're fixing to spend a week with me. You just wait, buddy. Brother, it's on right now. The truth is, I am I'm being stretched. Let me tell you, God is stretching your pastor. He's stretching your pastor and saying, Tom, I have brought the right people to you. Trust who I've brought to you. Trust that I'm in charge, Tom, not you. So I went fishing. And I enjoyed knowing that when I got back, things were taken care of. And when I walked in, can I tell you, they were above anything I'd ever dreamed or imagined. If you get time today after service, you walk through these other buildings and go look and see what all was done. It will blow your mind. As a matter of fact, we can do that instead of doing that stuff to me. I think that would be, that'd be much more spiritual, you know, much more spiritual. You know why the fall of man has taken place? Adam and Eve were what? Disobedient. Moses, when he broke the old tablets, right? Disobedience. You and I have to come to a place this morning where we repent. We come to a place where we are trusting God with our life. One of the biggest reasons that ministries fail and churches fail, let me share this with you, and I hope you understand what I'm fixing to say. It is because the leadership will not repent. They will not take ownership of their own wrongdoing. They have to slide the blame somewhere else. Y'all, God is dealing with my heart on this so much because that is, I, I am naturally one that wants to shift the blame as soon as I can. God is dealing with my heart on the fact that, Tom, you have to take responsibility for what you have done. You, you, if you've mismanaged, if you've done this, if you've done that, you've got to deal with that. And, and part of good leadership, one that God will bless, is a man or woman who makes a mistake or they sin and they own it. That's the beginning of repentance. Without that, 
God cannot bless the ministry of the church. He cannot bless the, the, the family of, of a person who's unwilling to admit where they've been wrong and what they've done wrong. You see, it's based on complete change of attitude and thought concerning sin and righteousness. We recognize the fact that only repentance comes through the work of God. And he deals with our hearts. He shows us where we are wrong. And if some of us in this room refuse to ever admit that we're wrong, how then can you tell me that you are a follower of God? Because a follower of God cannot help but recognize their own sin. Repentance means taking ownership of your sin. Jonah wouldn't do it. They tossed him overboard. Moses refused to handle his anger, and he had to chisel in the tin. Y'all remember that? Pastors refuse to be obedient. They lose their ministry. Husbands and wives refuse to obey. Families suffer. We recognize all of these things. We, We see it. And taking ownership of your sin and mistakes made in this life will lead to proper repentance. Just, just some of you, if you came last week and you thought, man, I really feel bad for what I've done. And, and maybe you prayed. Maybe you sought after God. But true repentance comes whenever we're not, not only not doing those bad things, but now we have changed and we have begun to follow God. We have allowed God to begin to stretch us and do things with us we would not have done. That is true repentance. True repentance is not just coming to church. True repentance is everything about you has begun to change. When we blame others for our mistakes, it is proof we are not right with God. That's the reason that I had to confess what I had done in the church in North Texas. Because I walked out when I should have stayed. Folks, I'm telling you, there comes a point where you and I have to come to a place where we hate disobedience. And the greatest desire in our life is when we follow exactly what God has in store, even if it hurts. Do you think Paul enjoyed prison? Yet while he was in prison, he wrote most of the books that he wrote. In your hardest moments, that is when God shines the most. If, if you're willing to be stretched and molded, have things cut away of your life. But we must take ownership for what we've done. My prayer for you this morning is that you will not only feel the burden of disobedience, but you will turn around and begin to obey the things that God has called you to do. Because feeling bad for what you haven't done doesn't fix what you haven't done, right? You still got you still got to be obedient and do what God has called you to do.
and that's for repentance. Let's stand together. Father, we thank you for the work of your son, Jesus Christ, who died upon a cross for us. God, he gave everything that we needed for salvation. He did the work. And God, now you call us to a place of obedience. There are many in this room, Lord, who are believers, but yet they struggle with taking ownership of their wrongdoing. They can't ever really look at their own life and say, well, I I did that. God, that is not who you called us to be. You called us to be people who are responsible even when we've done wrong. God, today, today, Lord, deal with our hearts. I don't want to just feel bad. Lord God, I want to be changed, and I want to start doing the things that I know you've called me to do. Lord, thank you that you would even call us. Thank you that you would even choose us. Now, Lord God, stretch us. Make us into your people. The people that will praise you even in the worst of times. Lord, whatever you have for Pine Island, we trust it to you. And there are going to be some... I know for a fact there will be some who will say, I I don't know what God has for Pine Island. I don't know I want to be a part of it. And they're going to leave. God, those that will remain and be willing to be stretched, we're going to get to see things that those who will leave will never get to experience. Father, thank you. Thank you for working in the life of Pine Island. Pray this in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen.